Oh, hello. Can we please talk about UFC Vegas 61? Uh, Mackenzie Dern taking on uh, Xianyun Yang. Uh, it was a decent night fight, so I'm going to recap all of those, uh, all of our picks from last week and have a look at what's next for the winners and losers. Who did well? Who didn't do well? What stood out on the card? We're going to be looking at some MMA news. The main thing that I'm breaking down this week is a fantasy matchup between Conor McGregor and Michael Bispin because those two have been going at it online. And I just think it would be interesting to break down uh, they're telling the tape. I'm also going to be uh, taking a little look at what's been going on in the news. It's not been much bow nickel mostly. But yeah, if that all sounds good, then stay with me for the next 10 minutes or so uh, for the Burt Locker episode 136. Right, so UFC Vegas 61. Uh, gutted that Tabitha Ricci and Pene was fight was scrapped. Hopefully they can rebook that one. Big fan of Tabitha Ricci. Uh, I think that's a decent matchup for her as well. But they're both uh, BJJ black belts, so I was quite intrigued to see how that was going to play out on the ground. But hopefully they can rebook that. Uh, Latifi versus Olianik. I was very surprised by this one, to be fair. Uh, Latifi basically did what people have been... Um, failing to do for years against Ilyanik, he managed to do safe grappling. He just he wrestled the fuck out of him and uh, got the decision. But he just kept his head and his limbs in the right place and just you know doing that against a guy who has forty seven submissions is not fucking easy. Tip my hat to you, Alexi. It, not to um, Latifi, sorry. Uh, it may not have been the most spectacular fight in the world, but in terms of doing things that are difficult, it's pretty difficult to grapple Alexi Ilyanik for three rounds and not get submitted. That that take some fucking doing. Uh, Randy Brown versus uh, Francisco Trinaldo. Now, Trinaldo had the right idea early in that one. The inside leg kicks were very good. Uh, but Brown, again, he just looked too slick on the feet. His footwork was too good. He was fighting long very well, throwing some nice head kicks like we've got up here. Yeah, he was too elusive. Uh, you know, Brown's very impressive. Like, he was throwing... So there was a spinning back kick that he threw that had no wind-up on it whatsoever. And it was just so quick and well-executed. He is one... Honestly, keep an eye on Randy Brown. I think, like, he starts putting a few more bits together and you're going to see somebody really, really dangerous there. Uh, Shout-out to Yusuf for a lovely jumping guillotine. Sadiq Yusuf. And uh, Dern versus Yan. Look, Yan just did a great job defensively on the ground. Um, standing she was just a step ahead and we knew that she would be uh, I had no issue with the decision it was close yes the problem with Dern is that if she doesn't get the submission uh, she spends a lot of time in seemingly bad positions from an aesthetic standpoint so I can see why the judges gave it to uh, Yan but that was UFC Vegas 61 in a nutshell and uh, yeah so uh, we'll go for a call to action uh, don't know why I said that out loud <laughs> so basically yeah you know if you watch the show, thank you. Thank you for supporting. If you could also hit like and subscribe, that'd be fantastic. Uh, I also do um, exclusive Patreon fight picks over on Patreon, so you get extra fight picks over there. Uh, the Patreon's £1 a month. It's an absolute bargain. Really great way to support the show. And yeah, just so like, comment, subscribe. Let me know in the comments who you thought stood out on UFC 6 Vegas 61. All that good stuff. The comments will help. Call me a knobhead for all I care. Just help my fucking algorithm. Anyway, uh, first, uh, first thing in the news. First thing I want to address actually is something that's got me a little hot <laughs> a little hot I, I've, I've noticed this thing I'm like I'm in because uh, obviously you know I do uh, stand-up comedy at a very grassroots level you know I've you know I've had a couple of paid spots here and there but it's mostly open mic uh, I'm trying to work my way up you know it's, it's a it's a grind it's a process so I'm in all these forums and everything where uh, people 
a lot of twats are there with their fucking opinions. And like, there's one guy posted in there, <laughs> fucking, would you support, look, if you were asked to, would you, would you do support for Louis CK? And it's like, look, I'm not, I'm not being funny, but anybody at our level, it, like, if you're saying anything except yes, and I would gladly do it, I'd be very glad of the exposure, uh, no pun intended, like, just, you know, just, if you're saying anything other than that, you're a disingenuous cunt. Honestly, that, 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 that is it. I've seen the amount of people that I've seen saying, no, no, I would never say. It's like, yeah, you fucking would. Like, he's one of the biggest comics on the fucking planet. He's probably the best comic on the planet right now. Yes, you fucking support him, you fucking idiots. You wouldn't be given the opportunity. Like, and my favourite, my favourite was one of these guys just like, yeah, well, I would just say that as long as I was allowed to make jokes at his expense and then I'd just really lay into him. It's like, oh, oh, okay then, fella. Yeah, so you're going to fucking roast the best comedian on the planet right now as you open for him. On a show that 10,000 people have paid to see Louis C.K. on. And then he's going to come on after you. Best comic on the planet. How do you think that goes for you, Mr. Fucking local regional comedy guy? Like, how, how do you think that goes for you, honestly? You think that goes well? I don't. <laughs> come on, man. Every, look, not everything is a fucking hill to die on, people. Jesus Christ. Anyway, sorry, I just thought I'd mention that. Not MMA related, so, yeah. Uh, people have probably switched off already. Anyway, so, main thing I've been looking at, Bo Nickel. Keep an eye on this guy. He was on Dana White's Contender Series. He was really good. So, yeah, he was on Season 6. He's fought twice so far. First round submission in each. My main thing with, with Bo Nickel is his, his transitions on the ground are so freakishly fast. I mean, he's a three-times NCAA champion. He was MVP in the NCAA competitions in 2018. When I say this man is a freak wrestler, he is a freak wrestler. And uh, you know what? I would love to see it like Joe. I think they need to slow roll him a little bit because we need to see where he is in terms of competition. But God damn, I like his style. I like his attitude. I like how he's putting his character out there. And you know, he just go. He basically grabs people, takes them to the floor, and just the ground submit the ground transitions. Just if you go back and watch those contender series fights, you'll see what I mean. So freakishly quick, and that's how he's going to get those submissions. I mean, like you know. He, the, that speed was really, really impressive. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he, how he progresses. And the next thing I'm looking at, basically, you know, Connor and uh, Bisping have been going back and forth because basically Connor, I don't know, Bisping didn't even say anything horrible about Connor, but like Connor left him like this creepy ass voicemail. Like, what well, was not a voicemail? It's like a voice message on Twitter, just like you know, basically saying that he's gonna fucking. Like, uh, like to come for him, and uh, I don't know, it's some weird shit. Like, I think Connor had had a few, few fucking drinks. But um, anyway, I thought it'd be fun, like I did with Nate Diaz versus The Rock, to do a little breakdown of Conor McGregor versus Michael Bisping. So let's take a look at the tail of the tape. So we've got Bisping is the slightly bigger guy, uh, you know. So he's going to be taller. He's got the reach. Uh, yeah, because what's Bisping? He's six two. And uh, and Conor McGregor's five foot nine. And weight wise, you're looking at you know obviously Bisping. He's going to be the heavier guy because yes, 
Conor McGregor walks around heavier, but so does Michael Bisping. Michael Bisping always had to cut for middleweight, and the cut got easier as he as he got his weight under control. But right now, he's walking around like 220, easy. Like, Michael Bisping's a big boy these days. He's been hitting them weights hard. But so has McGregor. McGregor's been on all kinds of fucking special sauce or something, because look at the state of him these days. It's fucking ridiculous. So, yeah, look, end of the day, Bisping's going to be the bigger guy. He's going to have the height. And the weight, only a 1.5 inch reach, but 1.5 inches could make all the difference. That's what she said. Anyway, uh, Con Conor McGregor's 34, Michael Bisping's obviously the older fighter. He's uh, been retired for a while. So Conor is probably realistically closer to being match fit, as it were. Now, this is where it really gets interesting, because... In terms of uh, like titanium uh, body parts, you've got Conor McGregor with one times titanium shin, and I believe Michael Bisping now has two titanium knees. So that is advantage Bisping. I mean, two is better than one, isn't it? That's just that's just math. And also, you know, Bisping he's got some pretty vicious knees as well. He's got very good knees. But you know what? the titanium shin could be a problem. Because as we know, Bisping does not see very well out of his right side. And the leg that Conor McGregor snapped, that he's got the titanium shin bone in, is actually the is the left leg. So that's going to be hitting the right side. So he might so Bisping might not even see that kick coming. And a titanium shin to the noggin. Woo! Yeah, that's going to be a problem, isn't it? It's going to be a problem. But yeah, I still think that is an advantage to... Bisping. Speaking of eyes, so you've got, in terms of eyes, Connor has twice as many working eyes as Michael Bisping. But, I mean, maybe Bisping could put some sort of laser in there or something. There, there are options for, for Bisping in that regard. And Connor's two working eyes will most likely be, you know, bloodshot and compromised from all the whiskey and uh, coke. <laughs> So I still think that is, that might be advantage Bisping there because I think his one eye might be a little bit clearer. And also the, the, the possibilities for his artificial eye, like putting lasers in there, like Kano in Mortal Kombat, that kind of thing. And the possibilities really, really are endless. And uh, so for me, it comes down to the striking. Uh, I don't think that Khan is going to start turning into a double leg wrestler. And... Obviously, I think the you know, age will be a slight factor, but he's a natural middleweight. Connor's bulking up to get there. Uh, I think that it would be a five-rounder. Obviously, it's going to be a main event, so it's going to be a five-rounder. I think that Mike Bisping would probably just use his height and his slight reach advantage. And he, and he's, he was always very good at getting in and out, and, he was, and he's very fast. His striking's very, very fast. I don't think... He's, he, didn't, he never had that huge knockout power. But I would note that since, you know, uh, I mean, when Conor McGregor moved up the weight classes, his power kind of started to dissipate as well, didn't it? I mean, you stop, you stopped seeing a lot of those knockouts, you know, you like Nate, you know, Nate, Deer, apart from, you know, Cowboy, but that was like two lightweights fighting at welterweight. It was complicated. Uh, I don't think that Connor's, Connor's power translates as much the further up he goes. And this one, obviously, Michael Bisping's a big dude. I think that, the gas tank will definitely be in favour of Bisping because Bisping's, Bisping's gas tank was always one of his main weapons. So for me, this one goes, uh, you know, three rounds of back and forth striking. But by round three, Connor's mouth is open. He's gassed. He ends up getting pushed up against the fence where, Con where Bisping goes in for the, fill, for the kill, lands some vicious combos, a couple of lovely titanium knees and gets the TKO finish in round 
number three. Who do you think wins that fight? No, just let me know in the comments. I want to know. I want to. I want to know how you think that one would go. I think that that would be a bad stylistic matchup for Connor, honestly. But you know that the left hand is always there. But I think, like I said, the further the further up the weight class as he goes, the less of a difference maker that power is. So then we move on to troll of the week. I've only got one this week, but it was a pretty funny one. And it does involve Conor McGregor. And it's just got a fucking brilliant picture of him. And it's just like McGregor, too drunk to realise that deleting drunk messages doesn't work. And I suppose that works for tweets and stuff as well. Because that is, he does seem to do that a lot. He seems to do that a lot. But anyway... That's all I've got time for this week. Uh, at the weekend, we do have some more fights on. Uh, I'm trying to say, I know that, um, yeah, it's Grasso versus Araujo. And I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, I'm not hugely familiar with either of those. I, I remember Grasso, that Mexican guy. But anyway, you've got Alonso Menefield against Misha Kirkinov in the co-main event. That's relatively interesting. You've got Rafael Sanso on there as well. So there are a couple of fights that, that are peaking my interest. So I'll be looking into those on Friday. Until then, keep those odds long and those bets terrible.